Let me take a moment on this Monday to talk to you about the number one brand in performance workwear. By now, you have to know it's Dickies. And Dickies knows that work is more than just what you do. It's who you are. And just like professional athletes, your work is going to be judged by how you perform on that job. That's why Dickies Flex work pants and shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee, so you know the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you work. Dickies Flex, engineered to move, engineered to last, and you can learn more right now at Dickies.com. That's Dickies.com. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. Trevor, I never thought that I would ever start this podcast by asking you about a showdown between the Bengals and the Browns, but that's exactly where I want to go. Uh, First of all, great to have you, Trevor. Always good to have you on a Monday. Let me ask you this. How about the Bengals bringing in Hugh Jackson, among other things, to face his former team, the Browns, twice before the end of the season, only to have the Browns beat them down and humiliate Hugh in the process, both during and after the game? What do you make of what you saw? Um, a, a, a couple of things. The first thing is, um, even if Hugh Jackson had stayed in a Cleveland Browns sideline, that was going to happen. The Bengals are an abject disaster. And defensively, they're not too bad. But, uh, you know, it's, it's that same thing I said when you're playing against, when you're playing defense for the Rams or you're playing defense for the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. When your offense scores that fast, you play a lot of defense. When your offense punts that goddamn fast, you play a lot of defense as well, right? So the Cincinnati Bengals offense is what's ailing their defense. So that's one thing. That's not going to change. The, the, the Browns are going to beat them twice. But me and you could be coaching and running the team. It's not going to make a difference. The part that 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 I'm kind of screwed up about is what happened afterwards. Uh, hey, look, Baker Mayfield, and me and you have said this. We are fans of his. We are fans of the Cleveland Browns. We are fan of of the of the little guy that's become the big guy and want to become the bully. And look, if you're Baker Mayfield and this is what you need to 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 motivate yourself and say, hey, we got the right guy playing, calling the plays on, all that bullshit. That's fine. But understand what you've done, Baker. Understand the hill that you have decided to die on. The fucking Greg Williams hill? Like, that's where you're going to die? And believe me, on that hill, you will die. But everybody dies on the Greg Williams hill. So after the season comes, you're going to go to the ownership and say, hey, keep Greg Williams. But everybody else is going, are you out of your mind? Or are you a rookie that's, that's pants have gotten so big and you are now thinking you are the most important person in this building. The, the answer is the latter. Because believe me, Greg Williams is not going to be your coach. You are going to die on that hill. And God forbid, Baker Mayfield, 10 years from now when you're 32 years old or whatever you are, and the Browns release you and you go play for the Ravens, this moment is not going to age well. It's not going to age well. You know, there, there's some really strong statements in that, Trevor. First of all, I... First of all, I don't know that he's not the most powerful man in that building already right now. And <laughs> Correct. Then, how do we? How do, I think he is. And how do you know that that's the hill that he wants to or is trying to die on? I mean, how do we know who he wants to coach next year? And by the way, has he not gotten better since Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson left the building? Oh, uh, absolutely. He has gotten better. There's no question. But that's a pro- is that a process of they're calling different routes, or is that or is that just him getting better as a football player. 
I, I mean, honest to God, is it they put in some new – I mean, is Andy Reid coaching the Browns now? No, he's not. So, therefore, the offense cannot be that different. And when I say the hill he wants to die on, I'm saying because he was like, we believe in our play caller now. What? What do you believe in him? What do you believe that you didn't believe in the last two guys? Is it because they didn't get along? I I don't understand where he's going with this, but it is just this is what he's always been. This is what he's going to be. This is what you fell in love with. And this is what you have to deal with when, when it's me and you and we're fans well, of this. Right, but the guy can't be doing much better than he is right now. The guy's getting better every single day. That was a beatdown that he and they put on them. And I want to be fair too, Trevor. I don't think this is just a Baker Mayfield thing. Demarius Randall, you saw him. He picked off that pass. And instead of trying to run it back, he goes to the sideline. He finds Hugh and he gives him the ball. So this to me is not just a Baker Mayfield thing. He may have had an issue with Hugh, but he was far from the only guy who did. What did you make of that thing? Like Hugh didn't even know what was going on or how badly I, he'd been clowned. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I'm, I, there has to be something else. First of all, number one, I played for Hugh. Hugh was an offensive coordinator. In, in, um, he was a running game coordinator in Baltimore when John Harbaugh got there. Second of all, Hugh wanted me to come play for the Raiders. Trevor Price story time. Hugh Jackson calls my agent. I have retired. He calls my agent and he says, look, um, our big defensive end, I forget the big white kid's name, but he was really Matt something. Um, he's like, he's hurt. We want to bring Trevor in, right? And I was like, look, I'm sitting around bored. Sure, I'll go take a tour of Oakland and see Hugh. I know Hugh. Hugh's cool. They give me my tickets. I have two tickets. So I'm like, okay, I didn't even look at the tickets. One of them is coming. One of them, one of them is going. One is coming back. I had a layover and didn't think about it. I get to Oakland. The guy that picks me up from the Oakland airport is like, that's all you got? Because all I got is my laptop bag. He said, that's everything you got? I was like, yeah, what do you mean is everything I got? It is everything I got. I show up, Jim. They're like, hey, you're playing tomorrow. <laughs> no, the f- no, the fuck I'm not. <laughs> what do you mean I'm playing tomorrow? They were like, yeah, you, you, yeah, here's the playbook. You're, you're playing Sunday. This is Friday. I said, I said, I am not playing in no goddamn football game Sunday. I don't know what y'all thought this is. Well, like, what did you I think, Trevor? Wanted, Trevor, wait, I mean, uh, how did you think that was going to go? What did you think? I, I thought they just wanted to see if I could stand up. Huh. If I was alive, they're like, okay, you're you're alive. We'll call you in a couple weeks. They're like, yeah, you're playing Sunday. Okay. And I'm like, so my brain happened? and my body are not ready to play no goddamn football game. And here's the thing. Remember when Al Davis passed away? Sure. Apparently, I was the last person he saw on film. <laughs> so they took me to the hotel. I, I stayed the night. I stayed, they took me to the hotel, and they said, yeah, Al Davis's room is two doors down from you. The next morning, I, was like, I had to like sneak out and get like my own ride to the airport. And as I'm driving to the airport, they're like, yeah, Al Davis has died. I said, let me get the hell out of here. But he wanted me to play. And so he was you like, just, wait, you snuck out. Do. You snuck out. You bounced. You just bailed. But I, I, was like, I was like, I was like, I can't do left. it. And, and then, funny enough, Trevor Price story time again, the Patriots did it. They called me and they were like, yeah, you're play-. I was like, no, I'm not. I, I, th- I, like, I was like, look, I thought y'all did this thing to see if we could play or like if we could actually still run over the bags. And then you call us five weeks later, like, hey, you want to play? Yes, but I'm not playing tomorrow. Are you nuts? So the, you had two opportunities to play, and they didn't work you out. They didn't put you. They didn't run you through any drill. They just essentially looked at you and said, you're good to go. We're playing on listen, Sunday. The, the Raiders took me outside and said, get in a stance. I got up a stance and said, like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and the guy that was there is Mike Waffle, right? And Mike Waffle was a, a, a old-school kind of big-time defensive line coach. He's coaching um, Aaron Donald now. Right. And Mike was like, yeah, you're, you're just fine. Well, well, he was looking around like, what do y'all need to see? And I was like, yeah, what do you need to see? Because I need to see a cab taking me to the airport. I'm going home. 
Yeah, that's wild. All right. So, Hugh, you know Hugh. Hugh tried to bring you in. I can hear you kind of defending Hugh. I mean, Trevor, I mean, with all due respect to me, I, th- I think the guy looks so bad. I think it's such a bad look that they're just clowning this guy like this. And, I mean, yeah. Baker called him fake. Baker said, I'm not the guy who lost 30 games plus here in two years. They, Whatever that, it was, they had an issue. Right, right. Whatever they was, they have an issue. Baker backed that shit up. But he does. Not, but he does. It, it's, he, but he, he, he's but he backing did. Up. He did. He's backing it up now. He's backing it up now. Dude, you better make the playoffs. You better do so. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm on Baker Mayfield's side because I was on the Brown side because I was on Hugh's side. And believe me, Hugh took that raggedy Oakland Raiders team to 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, and they were a god-awful mess. I was there. I watched them. Yeah, right. I was, and he I took, looked, he I took that Browns the team. In the room and going like, you made a football team out of this mess? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But he took that Browns team and took them to one and thirty-one. And Greg Williams already has them winning. Hey, listen. All I know about Baker Mayfield is the guy's won everywhere he's gone. This is what he does. Does he backs it up? I mean, time will tell. We'll see at thirty-two. Time, yeah, right yeah, now, exactly. I, I don't. Time, I got no time problem with tell. it. I, I would buy as much stock in this guy as I possibly could. And the more I watch him, and the more I hear from him, the more I like this guy and i'm not thinking to myself hey man hold up dude your ca- your mouth is writing checks that you the, cannot the, cash i think the you last can. guy that did that was named jalen ramsey and look at the humble pie with whipped cream on top of it he is eating all right so what about Jalen um, ramsey very be very careful with that all right i'm telling the nfl has a way that that motherfucker in the nfl has a way of putting you in your place be careful with All that right, shit. Now you would know. You. You, you've been, you've been there. You've played at that level. You know. Now, what about that? What about? We talked about the Raiders. We talked about the Jags. So let me just ask the question, and let me put it in the pros' hands. I'll put it in your hands. Who is the bigger joke then right now, the Raiders or the Jags? One hundred percent the Raiders. But let me start with the Jags for a second. J- Jalen Ramsey became the bad guy over the summer. He was a bad guy all season long. He is now turned in my eyes into one of the decent people for two reasons. Number one, when he pulled his face mask down and he was saying, hey, you're trash, you're trash. Number one, he was not talking to Josh Allen because Josh Allen was the other way. And the way you say that when you're a football player and you're in a football field, if I call somebody trash, I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to everybody in your bloodline. You say it with a certain venom in your face and in your voice. And the way that he was saying it with kind of a smirk on his face, there was some kind of joke with whoever he was talking to. You have to watch the the intent of the way he said it. And he didn't say it real loud. Somebody said something to him, and he responded by saying, you're trash or you're trash. And he did it in a way that's that's kind of like, hey, I'm just screwing around. You know what I mean? And the fact that he went and found Josh Allen and pulled him by his back of his shoulder pads like, yo, you come here right now. Let me tell you, good job. There was some that kind of flipped me a little bit on him that he has kind of gone back to what he was to, to saying, yeah, the NFL has humbled me. You know what I mean? We lost to the, the guy that I call trash. Yep. Picks waiting to happen. Understood. The Oakland Raiders are a completely different fucking disaster because I swear to God, if, if, if John Gruden's play sheet does not have every version of spider Y2 banana, Y2 spider banana. Banana, Y, Spider, Y2, Banana. Like, what's on your play sheet, and where did you get it from? Did you get it out of Vince uh, Lombardi's tomb? <laughs> what kind of – what are they running? What is that offense? And, and look, David Carr is not that bad a quarterback. Derek. He, whatever his name is. Who cares? His name could be Jim Carr. 
But he cannot be Derek. that bad. He cannot be that bad. You do not regress that fast. That right there is on John Gruden, period. Hey, listen, I said that from the very jump that this guy's the quarterback whisperer. Carr was an MVP candidate. I understand that he got busted up. I understand that he was not the player that he was after the injury, but that's why you bring a guy like John Gruden in because he's the quarterback whisperer. But you're right. The guy is regressing. He's not getting better. And now they're stuck with Gruden for 10 years at $10 million per. <laughs> what do you make? 10 years. Right? The, the offense has gone backwards 10 years. Like, like, I mean, jokes be damned. Like what? What plan are you putting in? Like, well, like when you run the offense, you run the practice plays. Does everybody go, hey, look at this Tecmo Bowl sheet? This is what we're running. Well, yeah, <laughs> what right. is this? Tecmo Bowl. What that's, is it? Yeah, that's the offense from the Tecmo Bowl. And on top of that, he traded Cleo Mack and then complained that he had no pass rush. So we, we know what we're dealing with. What do you make of the fight that we saw, Trevor? You ever try and swing on a guy on the field who was still wearing his helmet? Um, that would be a negatory. That, that negative. The first thing Mike Shanahan tells you when you when you uh, show up for training camp and you made the team say, look, we don't fight in practice because we don't fight in the games. Because all you're going to do is you're going to get hurt. Number one, you're going to throw a punch. He's going to throw a punch. You're both going to get kicked out of the game. And if you lose me a game, you're going to lose your job. That's what Mike Shanahan said to us. So we never got into those kind of fisticuffs at, at practice. Because, look, if they're doing the game, you're either letting it, you're either letting them do it or it's being taught. I learned that a long time ago. If they're doing it, they're teaching it, right? Number two, did you ever see that video of Leonard Fournette fighting with one of his offensive linemen in college when he's at LSU? There was a video of him outside scrapping with a guard. Jim, they were the same size. Uh, yeah, right? He's huge. <laughs> they were the same fucking size. Uh-huh. Wait, I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about Shaq Lawson. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette and his starting right guard right. were the same effing size, huh. right? So that, that's one thing. The second thing is, if you do get in a fight and Leonard Fournette's helmet came off, that is that is green light go. Like that, you know what I mean? If, if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight till one of us quits and one of us gets hurt. And if your helmet comes off, your ass is gonna get hurt. So I've never fought in practice like that. You know, push and shove and all that, but I'm not taking a swing at a helmet. Are you yeah, retarded? I mean, it's like it's like the stupidest thing ever. But I wonder, like, if if there's a reason to go, like Trevor, there's a legitimate reason to go, and you have to settle something. Do you never settle it because you don't want to hurt the team or its chances? Or if you have to go and a guy's wearing a helmet, how do you handle that? What do you do? I, I, I Trevor Price story time. My first year in Denver, Alfred Williams and. Harry Swain, Dirty Harry, got into right. a fight in practice. That pra- that fight lasted two and a half hours. Right? What happened? <laughs> the entire happened? practice. And by the time we pulled them apart, Alfred uh, Harry had taken his helmet off and thrown it at Alfred. A helmet, like a projectile. Right. And I'm standing there going, this is what y'all do? On the way in, Jim, on the way inside. Remember, they fought all day in practice. On the way inside the practice... They gave each other a high five and it was done. Hmm. I, I said, I said, what bizarro ass world have I stepped into? Because I said, I said, listen to me. If one of y'all throw a helmet at me, we are mortal enemies until we both die. So what do you think happened? I mean, if a guy's weaponizing his helmet, if he's weaponizing his helmet, and to you, we are mortal enemies till we die. How, how did those guys reconcile like that? I, it's, it's something they do. It's something a lot of people, a lot of NFL players, and, and I see everybody's kind of different, right? So 
is it, is oh you 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 punch one of ours, we stab one of yours. You stab one of ours, we kill all of yours. Some guys just think like that, right? right. And some guys don't. I got it. Some people are able to say, look, we we have a problem. We're gonna get this all out, and we're gonna move on from it until we get inside. And I remember sitting inside, and Alfred's locker was like three more down. But I was like, you're all right. He was like, yeah, man, I'm good. I was like, "What the hell is this?" You're like, "How are you but good?" Doing? That's just the way some 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 of these guys are built like that, and it will always be that. Not you, Trevor. You're not built like that. Hell's to the no. I'm still angry <laughs> at the kid from from the Titans who tried to who tried to cut me from like from behind on interception. Like if I see him to this day, and I don't remember his name, if I see him, I'm gonna beat him to death. But like, what was that? Do you think that guy? Okay, were, were you the closest guy to him on the return, or did that guy have it in for you? He had it in for me, as far as I as far as I know. That's what I needed, right? Where, that's what that's what I needed to get through the rest of the game. What did you like, say to him? Like, you 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 realize who's trying to hurt you, who wants to play football? Because I watch a lot of guys play football now, and like since I just since I can't be in the field and like really know what's happening, it looks like some people are standing around. And, and you know what I mean? It's like kind of like we pass rush and it's done and I kind of go about my business. I go about we go about yours. But if you if you are really one of those people that takes things to 11 when you when you're when you could probably do your job at seven, that's what that's the kind of guys you run into. And that's the guys you fight with the entire game or the entire practice. Every team has one of those. We had one say, of the Broncos. That took, dude was on – he was on horse steroids, and all he wanted to do was scrap all day in practice. And then one day, you know what, Jim? He was no longer at practice. Got was, in a fight. Mike Ch- I gave my side, Where, where's Bob? Mike Shanahan was like, he can get his ass out of here. Are you kidding me? We don't do that. Is that what that was? Was he? I was going to say, first of all, you took my line. I was going to say every team's got one. When you say he was on horse roids, is that a figure of speech, or was that guy really on horse roids? No, no, no. He was on horse roids. He was on because I was. He would do stuff in a way like he shook in a way, and you're just like, man. First of all, you could tell people they're not supposed to be that big when they get that big. Like, like the day you stop taking horse roids or whatever you're taking, you're gonna lose 50 pounds. He was not supposed to be that. He looked he looked unnaturally big, right? But just the way he played and the way he did things, you just knew things weren't right. Trevor, you just it knew they weren't. It wasn't my guy Romo, was it? Oh heck no! Just kidding. No heck no! Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my man. That, Romo, Romo's, Romo's amazing. Same size. Romo's me, the same size now as he was in high school. Romo's amazing. Ro, Romo, I mean, if you uh, hey, listen, Romo's been pretty upfront about what he did, what he didn't do, what he should have done, what he could have done. Have you ever seen a guy who wanted to get more out of what he had than Romo? And is there a Trevor Price Romo story? Oh yes, I have several. Number one, give me your best Romo one. Used, I, I'm, gonna you, I'm gonna give you two good stories, right? So Romo. First of all, we're talking about Bill Romanowski. The, Let me be clear about that. Bill Romanowski. Oh yeah, 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 yeah of course. Uh, so, so Bill um, was the quietest, funniest guy on the team. Hmm. Like that, that persona that y'all saw on Sundays with him carrying on and pointing at people, and you know, the, that was just on Sun. That was like all made up. You know what I mean? Because in practice, he was not that. When he played football, he wasn't like. When he when he hung out with us, he wasn't like that. But what he was was he loved Scrabble. So in the road games, me and him would go play Scrabble in the back of the plane, like a little travel pack, and he brought it for just me and him. And me and him would play Scrabble on the plane, whatever, whatever. So we're playing, right? And like we get down to the end of the game, and I think there's like four or you know three tiles left or something like that. And Romo's like, I'll be right back. So he goes to the bathroom, he comes back, and he plays a word, and he beats me. And I forget what it was. It was like 
it was like Roxy with an IE or something like that, right? I was like, okay, Roman, you got me. We weren't betting money or nothing like that. I go to the bathroom that why is there a Scrabble dictionary in the bathroom nah. on, the, on the sink? <laughs> yes, you son of a bitch. Right? Cheating so, at Scrabble. Oh, my God. And, and the second thing is Romo used to bring um, soup to the games. Like for he like he started he br- he bring like his own like little thermos and everybody's like hey man you got let me get some of that soup so he started bringing like big buckets of it like by himself he wouldn't right. have the team bring it he wouldn't have anybody bring like he was making it a home for the entire team yeah. and would walk into the locker room with a bucket of fucking soup and he called it super soup and look we had no <laughs> we had no idea what was in it but it was like it was like vegetables and stuff like it was like a tomato soup right. So he puts on the thing, and Keith Burns, our special teams linebacker, um, is allergic to uh, um, uh, corn. So he has some of the soup, and all of a sudden, Keith is in the corner barfing his guts out, and everybody put the soup down. <laughs> everybody was like, <laughs> right. you know, what the fuck, what's wrong with the soup? Right. Everybody put the soup down, but it was just that he was allergic to corn. About three weeks later, I was like, look, Romo, the soup has no goddamn seasoning in it. So I started bringing seasoning salt, and we would like make like a little like campfire in the locker room before the games with Romo Super Soup. Go out there and whoop ass. <laughs> I haven't had Super Soup since 2005. Do you know it's funny? He's upgraded too because like on on Radio Row during Super Bowl week, he'll bring his own version of the Super Soup. They're like protein shakes, and he's got business with a franchise. And we, he's so funny. In fact, Alvin, do you even have it? There's this great, great soundbite, Trevor, that you probably haven't heard, where Romo comes on the row and he sizes up everybody. You can only imagine where you have every radio head in the world and everybody's out of shape, nobody's looking good. And Romo's looking at the whole place with utter disdain. Like, he can't (laughs) believe how bad. Listen to this. He did this a number of years ago on the show, but listen to this really quickly. I get fired up to talk to people that know what they're talking about. Okay? And... For 90% of the people in this room, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't live it, eat it, breathe it. It's not in their DNA. It's not in their heart. It's not in their soul. They're sitting there eating a bunch of cookies and drinking soft drinks and Cokes and Pepsis. And we're sitting here drinking protein. Let's go, baby. So that, that was seven years ago. Isn't that great, Trevor? So I, I I had his protein shake, and by the time I got to the end of it, man, I felt like a million bucks. And I'm like, Romo, what the fuck is in this stuff? This is incredible. It's amazing. There's Romo for you. That's, Ro- that's Jim Rome story time. All right, so Trevor, really quickly, before we move on to your picks, now that this is wild, and this, this is very graphic, even for us, this is very graphic in nature, and I want to make sure listeners understand this. The Patriots beat the Jets in the old man QB bowl, which is not that surprising. What was surprising is the handful of Henry Anderson's junk that Cordero Patterson grabbed after Patterson was stopped for a one-yard gain. Now, for those who have not seen it, Patterson's on the ground. He very obviously grabs and squeezes Anderson's entire package to the point where Anderson falls onto his back. Now, here are two amazing quotes. First one from Patterson, who explained why he did it. And I'm reading the quote, all right? This is just a quote. Quote, I'm a grown man. I don't need no one's ass and dick and balls in my face. (laughs) I mean, it's fucking insane that this guy said this. So he didn't apologize. But then ESPN's Katie Nolan tweeted, and I'll quote, I'll never forget Trevor Price telling me that dudes put their fingers in each other's butts in those big piles on top of a turnover. End quote. Trevor, Trevor, did you tell her that? 
Listen, is that what goes all, on? And did you tell her that? Number one, Catherine Alyssa, Alyssa Nolan. First of all, Catherine. That's why I call her a matter. Catherine. Whatever I told you, I told you in confidence. Number one. Number two, I don't think I said that. Okay, if I did say something, it was like, you know, guys grab each other and all that, but I've never had a finger in my behind or stuck my finger in. I like, I, listen, when I used to fall on the ground, Jim, my first job was to get up. Like, if I got up off the ground, I was like, okay, we're good. So, I, I if first of all, second of all, she's not a liar. So, if I said that, I was probably joking. So, if she said I said it, I obviously said it. I don't remember saying it, and I don't, and I don't remember that ever happening in the pile. But if if I I'm like I'm I'm confused about the entire thing because it does happen. It's never happened to me, but I I don't think I said it to her. But if she said I said it, I'm not calling Catherine a liar. You know I, what I mean? Like I can't do that. I, I won't I won't do that. I know. No, I, I hear you. I Here's my take on this. Look, Trevor, I I know you. You and I have been doing this for years. We do this every single week. I know of Katie Nolan, but I've never spoken to her. But if I have to decide who's telling the truth and who's not, I've got her side all day long. Man, you know you said that. <laughs> Trevor, you know you said that. But she made that up. Did she make that up? Right. That's the part that's that, that, that's the part that's effing with me. Is like you just don't remember saying it, but you said it. Maybe, of course, you said I, it. Maybe I don't, but I, I. But the last thing I'm gonna do is say Catherine's lying. And now I, again, I'm calling her Catherine because I'm mad at her for saying this. But you can call, I know you can call you know whatever I mean? you so want. Like, Here's the other thing. It's important for you to know. Here's the other thing. You're, what you're saying is, I may have said it, but I said it in confidence. I get that too, but understand. I mean, she does have a forum and a platform and a show. So and be she's careful. Funny. Be, she's funny as all hell. She is. She's very, very good. So just be always remember, if you're in the presence of somebody who's a journo or somebody who has a show, like you're always on record. You got to know that. You know that, Trevor. I, I, I know that now. You know that now. Catherine. You know that I'm, now. I'm going to send, send Catherine a very strongly worded text here in a minute. Look what you've done. Yeah, I think she's going to get the better of that one, too. I think you better leave it alone. If I were you, I'd keep sure. moving. I'd keep moving. Wait, oh, 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 yo, hold on, though. Let me go back. So, it's, it's one serious thing, right? So remember last time we talked, and we, I was talking about athleticism of football and how everybody today is a better athlete than Jerry Rice right. ever was? Yes, yes, yes. Who was the Seattle running back? That got that tried to hurdle, got hit in the legs, flipped upside down, equilibrium all the way off, landed on his feet, and decided to keep running. Was that Chris Carson? Oh my Jesus! That's what I'm saying, Jim. Chris Carson is not a guy. Chris Carson is just a dude with a. He's just a running back. He is not. He is not Todd Gurley. He's not Christian McCaffrey. He's just Chris fucking Carson. Chris Carson can get flipped upside down while holding a football, land on his feet, and keep running. If you are not that, you can't play in the NFL. We are, I'm telling you, it used to be that the basketball players are the best athletes on the planet. That is no more. Football players are not the best athletes on the planet, and I don't think it's close. But besides, have you seen the video of Draymond Green trying to play football in Michigan State? Right. Tell me, well, tell me what the hell that looked like. Let me ask you one more thing about that, Trevor. We talked about that, but there's something else. I've been watching the game, and especially the last couple of years, I'm struck by this. And then I saw it last night. You see Kentrell Bryce and that collision he had. In fact, I texted you late last night when yeah. that went down. I'm telling you, these guys, I, these collisions, bigger, stronger, faster, say what you want, running head starts. I'm seeing collisions. And you know how NFL players always say it's like getting into a car wreck several times on a Sunday? I'm telling you, Trevor, I, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds. I absolutely love the NFL. I don't know where I'd be with this show without it. But I'm terrified that I, 
One of these guys is not going to get up. I cannot believe the intensity of these collisions. How much more violent is this game now? I, it's, I don't think it's any more violent. I, I matter of fact, I know for a fact, Jim, it's less violent. Come on. It's a lot less violent. Come on. How do you figure? No, it is. It is. Because the thing is, the, the, the rules for the offense, and I have something to say about that too. The rules for the offense basically say it's not just about scoring points. It's about trying to make the game safer. Because around the country, high school kids don't want to play football. The moms don't want them to put want them to play football, Jim. Their dads don't want them to play football. Right. You know, we got to stop saying, "Oh, your mama won't let you play." No, lots of dads are like, "Yeah, he can't play." Like I've I've heard that. Like, I've heard that in my own kids' school. Hey, I gotta be honest, Trevor. I gotta be honest. Both my kids want to play football, and I said no. I said yeah, no. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That there is, but there look, is look, they, the so, game. They might be trying to make the game safer, but you can't outlaw collisions. And I'm just saying, no, there are some collisions and, and, every and Sunday. You know, and you know what you that I've do, never Jim seen either? before. You know what you can't do is you can't outdraw, outlaw lifting weights yep, and right. running and the the, the off and horse off, roids and horse roids right you, you can't the off field training and making everybody the elite athlete is leading to these bigger stronger faster collisions right that's a, that is part of the gig that's that's kind of the way we're built as a society is like where's my edge to win. Are you trying to win football games or are you just trying to win a scholarship? You see what I'm saying? There, there's a disconnect with these high school kids. But th- forget that. The, the rules and defensive players saying, well, the rules are not are not tilted for us and it's not fair. Are you getting paid less because you can't hit the guy across the middle? No, you're getting paid more because there's more touchdowns, more sponsorship dollars, more money in the TV revenue, more money in the game, period. So stop complaining about it. The thing about that hit now, and I watched it 500 times like you did. They played it back and forth, and I rewinded. Dalvin Cook saw him coming. That's the thing. You know what I mean? It, it, because what we don't see, we see him coming into the screen. But when you watch the All-22 tape, or you, if you get a chance to watch like NFL tape and the Y copy, Dalvin Cook sees him. He sees him, out, not the corner of his eye. He sees the kid coming, and both of their bodies brace for it. Kendrell Bryce's body is just smaller than Dalvin Cook's. Period. And they and he believe me, Bryce came in there to knock Dalvin Cook the fuck out. He just ran to a bigger, stronger player who was in stride. Right. The game when when people say the game is of inches, it it's not even inches, Jim. It's centimeters. That that, that those five centimeters are the difference between Dalvin Cook being knocked out and Kendrell Bryce being knocked no, out. No, I, I got to admit, listen, when you when you lay it out like that, it's interesting. I have to admit, watching that the way I did in real speed, in real time, right when it happened, I was shocked that Bryce was the one who didn't get up first. No, but, yeah, absolutely, because the thing is, again, Dalvin Cook, he's coming forward. His right foot is coming down as, as, as uh, Bryce's right foot is coming up. And that's who wins when your weight's going forward. But but Dalvin Cook sees him. He saw him. Now, if he didn't see him, Dalvin Cook could have got killed. That's what I'm saying. But he saw like, him. It, and when he it, braced himself, Kendall Bryce didn't brace himself. Right. He just threw his body in there like a missile and put and his maybe, head down. Maybe it's a game of centimeters. Maybe he knew it was coming. Maybe he braced himself. But I'm not going to lie. I, I love the game. I've never loved the game more. But when I see something like that, I can't help but win. So I'm like, damn. I mean, oh yeah, well, well that's that's 2008, you know. But but when you watch the you know you watch the the Saints and Chiefs and Rams play. They play football from 2088. Right. You don't see those kind of hits when they play because people are running wide open. Right. <laughs> right? right. And the game is so fast. Right. No, they are running wide ass open. Game. And now prices picks. 
All right, Trevor, time now for the 12th installment of Price's Picks. Now, I got to imagine you're having a hell of a lot more fun with this right now than a few weeks back. A few weeks back, you couldn't buy a win. Right now, you are 5-0-2 in your last seven. You're red hot for the season. You're back over 500, 11-10-3. You got it going. Let's keep it going. Starting with tonight's game, you've got the Titans getting four points on the road against the Texans. Pretty interesting matchup, actually. Who do you like there? Titans plus four or the Texans minus four? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Texans because I think – Remember, I remember you were telling me, like, hey, these teams are tougher than you think. And I was like, no, these teams suck. They don't They don't suck, right? Like, they can play football. They're, they, you know, they're serviceable teams. But the team with the better quarterback, we are now seeing epic quarterback play in the way that this game has never seen, in the way that no game has ever seen any game uh, besides basketball and Steph Curry in a three-point shot. Like right now, the NFL is in its Steph Curry three-point shot phase, right? It's like we've never seen people do these kind of things. And the better one of those two quarterbacks is Deshaun Watson. And I think that's what the four points is. I think the two teams are built almost the same. They want to uh, you know, control the ball from behind the center. It's like not just running the ball, but the quarterback has to control the ball and not turn it over and you know, play some you know, safe things. But at least – the Texans let Deshaun. Ooh, excuse me. You gotta do that again. Or, or at least never Texans, do that ever again. <laughs> at least the Texans. At least the Texans let Deshaun Watson um, throw the ball downfield. Some Marcus Mariota has checkdowns and runs. So give me the Texans minus four. Hey, uh, Trevor, I'm gonna do an impression. You tell me who I'm doing. You know, I think uh, you ought to take the Texans minus. Uh, Texans minus four. <laughs> who did I just do? That hurts so bad. Trevor Price. All of it right. hurts so bad. All right, man. Texans, Texans minus four. Texans minus four. Thursday night, a couple of first place teams on the schedule. Saints in the Big D giving up a touchdown to the Cowboys. Who do you have? Saints minus seven or Cowboys plus seven? My first thought was only seven? <laughs> I mean, it's not minus 47? Like, what, what are we doing here? But it's a home game for the Cowboys, which, by the way, my belief is that stadium is the is like the, the on a scale of having home field advantages, Jerry's World is at the bottom because that's not a Texan stadium. That's a crown jewel of the NFL. That has very little to do with the Dallas to Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 like here's the NFL. It is Taj Mahal. Fuck the Cowboys. It could be anybody playing in it. It's always going to be Taj Mahal and Jerry's World. Now let's go back to the game. Jalen Smith is the best linebacker in football. And I don't give a damn what anybody says. You watch the kid run. You love watch that kid. Play. What? I, I, know, I, I know what that's supposed to look like. And the people that usually look like him aren't built like him. The people that play like him don't look like him, right? And the kid next to him, Van Der Esch, Van Den Bosch, whatever his name is, <laughs> looks like a smaller version of, of Jalen Smith. He does, he's a small, he's a different color on his skin, but he's, he's just a, a wee bit smaller. So they are building something with these six foot three, six foot four inside linebackers who run like deer, but neither of them can cover Alvin Kamara. I'm just sorry, and, and both of them are great. They can't cover him, and and the corners can't cover Michael Thomas, and whoever is covering Alvin Alvin Kamara can't cover the tight end. And Drew Brees can see all that shit before you do it, before you see it, before your defenses come on the field. Drew Brees knows what you're going to be in. He knows what you're doing. Dak Prescott can't do that. Not yet. Not now. His offense is not built like that. The, the, the structure of what they're doing is not built like that. Now, that being said, I'm taking the Saints 
every game the rest of the season, even when they get to the NFC Championship against the Rams, even when they get to the Super Bowl. I'm taking them every game. Give me the Saints. All right, Saints minus seven. So Trevor's on fire, 5-0-2 in his last seven. He's got Texans minus four tonight. He's got Saints minus seven on Thursday. He has not missed in the last seven games. Don't call it a comeback. That's going to do it for us. You want to make sure that you subscribe and that these episodes will hit your phones and tablets automatically every single week. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter, too. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. You want to spell Price with a Y. Hit us both up throughout the week with all things RPO, and especially tonight. We appreciate you all listening. Trevor, keep it up. Good luck, and I'll talk to you again next week. Awesome, man. Talk then.